The adoption of mobility cloud and collaborative platforms have increased the threats in the corporations today. Hi, I am Samir from Information Security Media Group. With me today is Brett Hartman, VP and CTO of Cisco Security Business Group. Hi, Brett. Thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So I've got a few questions for you uh, based on uh, your keynote itself. What would you recommend that today's corporations should do to create a dynamic and intelligence-driven risk framework? Yeah, so there's uh, there's just a lot on, on that one, and I think to your point, risk is really central to being able to, to deal with security, right? And understanding what are those business risks. First, it's starting with understanding what are the what are the critical assets that need to be protected. And the reason why that's so important is because we view central to this approach is defending from yourself from these attackers. And the only way you can defend yourself from the attackers if you know what the attackers are going to get. Right? So the first step is to, to understand what are those valuable assets and what are the attackers going to go after. And then everything is driven by that. Right? If you know those valuable assets, if you know what's particularly risky, then you can put the right kinds of both defensive mechanisms and detection mechanisms in place to protect those valuable assets. So that would be really the starting point. So do you suggest a particular framework or a set of frameworks that the corporations should adopt uh, in mitigating the risk and, and, of course, before that, analyzing the risk also? Yeah, so there are a number of different approaches that are similar in a bunch of ways. What we like to think about is this notion of an attack continuum, this notion of before, during, and after an attack. And it's a, it's a really simple idea, frankly. It's, it's, it's the notion of that every organization has to have technologies in place during that attack continue. So technology is in place before an attack, so to do your best to prevent an attacker from getting into your system, right? That's the first thing you want to make sure, you know, put those classic security technologies in, in place so the bad guys can't get in. Once upon a time, that was all we had to do, right? Because attackers were perhaps not so sophisticated. Today that works most of the time, but on occasion, they can break through. Systems are so complicated, so interconnected today. And that's why in the second area around during an attack, what do you do during an attack? There's all that focus around how do you detect that an attack is even going on in the first place. And then if you can detect it, block it, stop it in progress. So that's really the second area of this notion of during an attack. And then finally, the, the third one is what do you do after an attack? Uh, that's important because, again, although we do the best we can, to prevent an attack from happening, to detect it in progress and stopping it. Sometimes breaches do occur, and then you've got to be able to remediate. You've got to get, organizations have to get back uh, in a state before the breach in a, in a safe state. So that's about doing things to recover and to clean up systems, to, to do whatever you have to do to get, get, get your data safe again. And so that's really our basic framework. Pretty simple idea before, during, and after. And it helps organizations make some choices in terms of what kinds of technologies to invest in and how to deploy in those three buckets. Typically, companies start from a maturity sense. Uh, the simpler, less mature companies start really with before and focus solely there. And as we see organizations get more and more mature, we see the shift of investment, not just in before, but moving to during, what do you do during an attack to detect it and what do you do after to remediate. And that's true, I think, of the whole security industry as you see a shift of investment over time in, in those other areas. And th there's a lot of buzzword about information sharing today. Yeah. Um, we're looking at collaboration from the corporates with the banking sector globally yeah. uh, to know what kind of threats are there. Yeah. But what are the key challenges do you foresee uh, with the businesses yeah. interacting on information sharing with the 
with the government sector. Yeah, I'm. First of all, I'm a huge proponent of that information sharing to really succeed based on the on the kinds of uh, attacks going on today. If you think about the adversaries in the world, they do a tremendous job of of sharing information and collaborating to attack everybody. But oftentimes the defenders do a really poor job of, of information sharing. right? And if you think about it, the more visibility we have, that levels the playing field to better defend ourselves. But to your point, there are many, many obstacles. First, you have the basic ones that from a from a vendor standpoint, sometimes vendors claim that they're the only you know ones you need to be able to solve a problem. And why should we share? Because after all, just use our product, we're done. But that's not really realistic today. The attacks are too complex. And there needs to be a whole ecosystem, a whole number of different companies to share information. Uh, other areas have to do with, back to your point around government, a lot of challenges in terms of sharing of information between government and the private sector. You have issues around privacy in particular, right? Because the more sharing of information you do, it might reveal sensitive personal information that may not be appropriate to go to a, a, a government organization. And the other way, sometimes government organizations may have very sensitive data related to different kinds of collection that can't go to the private sector. We also have issues around things like antitrust, you know, regulations, right, where you have cooperation of different industries that, that aren't permitted. You have liability issues, particularly in some countries like the U.S. where everybody sues everybody. You know, you have issues if I give certain information and it's wrong, you know, who's liable and all kinds of things. So, interestingly, a lot of the obstacles to information sharing have to do more with policies and legality than technical challenges. I think that's that's probably the biggest um, holdback. But, but I think on the technical side, we still the obstacle there is mostly that we still don't have very good standards that are common. Um, there's some early work there. There's work in IETF and other organizations that, that I think we're going to see some progress. Uh, we're, we're involved there uh, driving some standards, but it's early days. So one of the biggest challenges for the CISOs uh, in, in a global uh, corporate or even in a small in environment is how do you make information security a board level priority? I mean, we all talk about it, yeah. that it should be a priority, but it never happens. Yeah. Uh, what would be your suggestions to the CISOs on what they should be doing to sell the concept of information yeah. security? Well, first of all, I think that's less of a problem today than it was, say, five years ago, because everybody on a board of directors can't help but see the cybersecurity issues when they open up the newspaper every day, right? And they think about, gee, if this company and my my industry was attacked, what are the chances going to happen to me? So I do think there's much more awareness in general of the cybersecurity issues and the threat really related to business risk uh, that, that boards think about. And I think that's back to your, your question around chief security officers. The key is to talk in terms of business risk, right? That's what the board understands. And it's not so difficult to, to talk about the risk from a cybersecurity attack and how that lines up with other business risks, like, say, maybe there's political issues, there's financial challenges, you know, all the sorts of things that, that uh, senior management and companies deal with. If you put cybersecurity in that same level of, of importance, then you can make some of the trade-offs of investment of how does cybersecurity stack up with those other business risks. And of course, today, it's pretty easy to justify that it's actually quite high and the, and the threats to business are real. 
and there's so many examples of companies that have lost you know hundreds of millions billions in terms of um, you know threats to their business so Cisco has also been at the forefront of creating smart cities globally uh, more so I've seen in India also yeah. um, with the creation of these smart cities the the risk of IOT comes up uh, and privacy of the yeah. citizens also so what is your strategy towards cyber resilience um, yeah and what would you recommend to these upcoming smart cities with the governments also want oh so that's a whole long complex topic all by itself and I'll try to make it a simple answer but it's a it is a very complex and incredibly important topic going forward as we think about the future of of the world right and the notion of internet of things and as Cisco calls it oftentimes the internet of everything because not just things it's people as well and all, all kinds of uh, well everything <laughs> um, the cyber risks in these environments like in, in smart cities in particular are, are very clear are very clear that most of those environments of smaller computing devices haven't been designed to be secure there's uh, they may be so small you can't really put security in them there's lots of legacy devices you can't change them so the the risks are huge uh, issues as you mentioned uh, with respect to privacy or particularly you know smart cities huge for things like surveillance right seeing where citizens are what's going on or so that the, the risk for for all individuals are, are huge as well so both the potential for vulnerabilities as well as the, the potential damage that could occur are, are quite real as a technologist, uh, you know, and as I think about how to solve those problems and how organizations should think about it, I think that the, the issue, and kind of back to that framework we talked about before, around before, during, and after, it's really some of the same techniques, right? As we think about big distributed systems, I mean, the Internet is a big distributed system. If we think about the Internet of Things, that's even a larger distributed system. It's just orders of magnitude more things. So what does that imply? Uh, it implies a few things. Number one, it implies that more automation is required because there's so many of these things, no human being can ever manage them all. We have to have better tools. to, to uh, And so a lot of our work is looking at, at more intelligent automation so that people, if, if you have to manually configure it, it'll never happen. It's just that there aren't enough people on the planet to, to be able to deal with that. Um, I think the other issues are realizing that it's not really possible to secure the individual things, whatever those are, and you know whatever the devices are. If it's a camera, if it's a sensor device, if, you know whatever. Uh, you just can't secure them, which means that security has to move into the fabric that connects all those things together. And I'm a big believer in that. That that that's much easier if we deploy and make security embedded in the fabric the fabric can watch the behavior as those things communicate to each other and say okay from one machine to another in this network that's legitimate communication right but if my i don't know silly example if my toaster is communicating to my refrigerator right in a very unusual way and i should shut that off right and i can do that from the network fabric standpoint without having to change my toaster or refrigerator Right, so I think that's that's what's key is how do I make that fabric more intelligent? And that's again where certainly at Cisco we're we're investing a huge amount in that area to, to make that, that fabric more intelligent and more resilient. And my last question to you is what are the obstacles to uh, achieving your vision of a secure world? Yeah, I think 
to me, the main one is back to that complexity challenge, um, and that it's not possible for any one company to solve this this issue. It's just too large. So I think, to me, the main obstacles are making sure that we have good uh, cooperation, the right standards in place, the right ecosystems in place, so that companies can work together, vendors in particular, uh, to solve these, these customer and enterprise problems. And I think we're making a lot of progress there, sort of breaking down those barriers and you know, no longer, hopefully, do, do people view that any one vendor can do this or would claim that it's even credible. Right? So I think the more progress we make to, to actually have these cooperative arrangements, I think that's going to be, that's going to be huge uh, to, uh, to get over that obstacle. Thank you, Brett, for your time today at the RSC Singapore conference. Uh, appreciate uh, your views on some of the topics that we discussed. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah.